Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Happy Thursday, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast that helps explain the Bible, or rather I do my best to explain it. But today we're going to be reading Luke chapter 20, verses 41 through 47. Now this entire chapter of Luke has been one long story of Jesus teaching in the temple. So I do kind of recommend going back and either reading it for yourself before you start this podcast episode, or just go back to the episodes that I did before and listen to all of those first if you haven't gotten a chance to catch any of them, just to know what's going on a little bit. However, I will do a quick recap real quick. Basically, Jesus has been teaching in the temple. This is the week leading up to his death. Now, a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees who hated Jesus because, you know, they're the leading chief priests and scribes and religious uh, elders. They didn't like Jesus because Jesus was stealing their thunder. Jesus was doing miracles. He was um, teaching them, the, the people, the truth. And of course, Jesus was also confronting them. He was saying things against them to the people, making them look kind of stupid, <laughs> honestly. So they did not care for Jesus. And they have determined at this point that they are going to kill Jesus. They decided it uh, amongst themselves that they truly want to kill Jesus. So they're trying to find every way that they can to trap Jesus, to get him to be arrested, to kill him in some way. But they also are afraid of the people. They were such people pleasers. They were so uh, worried about what the people thought of them. That was a huge factor moving forward in all of this because the people loved Jesus. They were hanging on his every word is actually what it says in scripture. The people were so enthralled with the Jesus's speaking that he was finally teaching the truth and he was teaching the truth very uh, loudly and verbally, I should mention also um, something somebody told me recently. I was I started up my college and career group again, and we went to into, into a discussion. And what came up was that a lot of times Christians have this belief that the 11th commandment, when there is no 11th commandment, is thou shalt be kind. <laughs> and uh, somebody um, brought that to my attention on college and career night. And I thought that was very funny because it's kind of true. We have this belief that like, oh, if we're a quote unquote good Christian, we aren't ever going to challenge anybody. We aren't ever going to be mean. We're just going to be kind and loving all the time. Hashtag be kind. And <laughs> side note, I've noticed a lot of my podcast recently that I'm getting more, um, is ranty the right word? I don't know. I'm just seeing so much untruth. You know, I've been following people uh, for a while on social media that are Christians. And just the more I'm going through scripture, the more I'm seeing how much stupidity there is in the church that people are being taught as it's being like, it's good, but it's directly contrary to what I'm reading in scripture. And so it's just kind of frustrating to me, but sorry about that side note, going back to what I was saying, we have this idea that the 11th commandment is to be kind, but here in what we're going to read today in Luke, it's really funny because Jesus does not follow that 11th commandment because there is no 11th commandment. He calls out untruth right here in verse 41. So let's read Luke 20 verses 41 through 47. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. 
He said to them, why did they say that the Christ is David's son? David himself says in the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies the footstool of your feet. Psalm 110 verse 1. David therefore calls him Lord. So how is he his son? In the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, beware of those scribes who like to walk in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Yeah, that's Jesus like directly calling out the Pharisees. Okay, don't forget, if you listen to the other uh, episodes I did or read this by yourself, you will know that the Pharisees were standing right there because Jesus directly asks the Pharisees this question. Because don't forget, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they hated Jesus. They were trying to trip him up in his words a lot of times. And they had sent uh, people, spies actually is what it says, to try to trap Jesus. So this is right after all of that happens. And we talked about all that on Tuesday. But Jesus now is asking the Pharisees a question because the Pharisees were asking him questions. They were trying to get him to say something potentially stupid. Now, of course, because Jesus is God, he's not going to say anything stupid because he knows all. But the Pharisees didn't recognize that. They didn't recognize him as the Messiah. They didn't recognize him as God. They didn't care who Jesus was. They just didn't like the fact that Jesus was so popular. They were so jealous of Jesus. And even Gentiles could see this because when we uh, go into the later chapters, we're going to find out that when Jesus is eventually brought before the governor, the governor realizes how jealous the Pharisees were of Jesus. So yeah, even outsiders could see the fact that the Pharisees were extremely jealous of Jesus. And Jesus knew this himself. Jesus knew that the Pharisees were going to be jealous of him because Jesus was God and nobody can ever uh, live up to be God. And you can't be jealous of God. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were, but they didn't recognize Jesus as God. And perhaps if they would have, none of this would have happened uh, from the beginning. But of course, it had to happen because Jesus came down to earth specifically to fulfill the role of dying for our sins. So all of this is playing out exactly how Jesus knew and expected it to play out. But anyway, Jesus now asks the Pharisees and the Sadducees a question because he's allowed to ask them questions, right? They were just coming to him, asking him a bunch of silly, stupid questions. But Jesus challenges them directly with this question. He says to them, he says to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, why do they say that the Christ is David's son? David himself says in the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies the footstool of your feet. And that is from Psalm 110 verse one. And it's a direct quote from that Psalm. So Jesus quotes this Psalm which the Pharisees would have known very well because the Pharisees were supposedly educated. So Jesus asks the Pharisees, why is it that you call the Messiah the son of David? Because sons back in these days and children were not greater than their fathers. Children were considered basically slaves <laughs> at this point in time. People looked down on children. They didn't care for children. Obviously, they knew and understood the importance of procreation. But as the child was a child, he was a little slave until he grew up. And so Jesus questions the Pharisees. You know, you always say that 
the Messiah is going to be the son of David, the son of David. But yet, why do you call the Messiah the son of David when David himself calls the Messiah his Lord in Psalm 110? So this got the Pharisees, I'm going to guess, and also the crowds to think. Because the idea of the Messiah back in these days was very different than what our idea of the Messiah is. Because we have the entire Bible now. We can see the old prophecies and we can also see what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he fulfilled. So our idea of the Messiah is Jesus who ended up dying for our sins and he was God in human flesh. That is what um, the typical Bible believing Christian believes. But the people at this time period did not understand what the, the Messiah was going to do. They thought he was just a somebody from the tribe of Judah because he would have been David's son, King David, who we haven't talked about yet in this podcast. But King David was a great king who penned many psalms. He was a musician. He was a great king that led Israel to um, glory. He was just a, a really well-respected king back in these days. And King David predicted the Messiah. He was a prophet in many ways, and many of his psalms had prophecy in them. And David himself may have had no clue that he was writing prophecy in those psalms, but because he was writing through the Holy Spirit and he had the Holy Spirit inside of him, he was writing down prophecies. So in Psalm 110, which is what Jesus quotes here, he basically states that David called the Messiah Lord. This would have challenged the thought process that the Pharisees had. The Pharisees were so arrogant, they believed they knew everything they could possibly believe about the Bible. They taught the people that they could translate the scriptures, that they were intelligent, that they knew pretty much everything there was to know about the scriptures. And that included the Messiah who was prophesied about. So they thought they knew everything. They were like, yes, the Messiah is going to come and he's going to lead Israel just like King David did back to its former glory. That is what the Messiah has come to do. Jesus says here, he says, you think you know everything there is to know about the Messiah. You believe I am not the Messiah. And yet David himself calls the Messiah his Lord. So David recognized that the Messiah was God in that psalm. But the Pharisees didn't see that. They did not recognize that David was recognizing the Messiah as God. And Jesus, who claimed himself as Messiah, the son of David, has just claimed himself as God. This is another place where people are like, Jesus never claimed himself as God, but that's not true. Because he did, through verses like this, he did later on, which we will talk about in the book of John, many times claimed himself as God. But here is another place where Jesus claims himself as God. Now, of course, the Pharisees wouldn't have recognized this at all. They were only there to trap Jesus. And when we covered this before, we found out that the Pharisees had no answer for Jesus at this time because they had never thought about this before, that the Messiah might not be just an earthly man from the tribe of Judah but that the Messiah might be God. They never thought about that before. So Jesus was presenting them with a new way of thinking about the Messiah. But not just the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but also 
the entire crowd that was sitting at Jesus's feet, listening to him. Jesus was claiming himself, the Messiah, as God to all of these people. So the next time anybody tries to challenge you about Jesus's authority, you can bring them here to Luke chapter 20, verses 41 through 47, and talk to them about this, that Jesus himself reminds the people of this prophecy that the Messiah is God, and also that Jesus claims to be the Messiah. Hence, he is God. So right after all this happens in verse 45 through 47, I just love this. In the hearing of all the people, (laughs) all the people, including the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders, the religious people, he says, beware of those scribes who like to walk in long robes and love the greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts. So he tells his disciple, disciples, beware of them and do not become them. Do not become like these guys here that are standing right in front of me that, uh, you know, they're so pretentious. They love their long, beautiful robes. They love looking so prestigious and so educated. They love flaunting their high education to everybody. They love the handshakes that they receive. They love the public um, acknowledgement. They love everything. They love all this, but yet they are total and complete play actors, which is what hypocrite means. They are hypocrites because they devour widows' houses. We know in scripture that uh, two people that God often says to take care of all throughout scripture, even into the New Testament, were the widows and the fatherless. I don't think I need to explain what a widow is, but... (laughs) And I probably don't need to explain what the fatherless are either. They're children without fathers. So throughout scripture, those were the two people, groups of people that God said to always take care of. Always. And Jesus is saying here that these guys who know the scripture so well, who know that God says to take care of widows, they're going around devouring widows' houses, destroying their houses. And for a pretense, they make long prayers. So they're making these long prayers about how holy they are and how, uh, you know, whatever. They're making just these long, ridiculously religious prayers that the only reason they're doing it is so that they can look good and holy in the public eye. Because once again, they love to walk around in their long robes and love the greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues. That's why they're doing all this. They're not doing it because they love God. They're not doing it because they care about other people. They don't care about widows. They don't care about children. They don't care about the fatherless. They don't care about the sick. They don't care about any of this except themselves. So Jesus is calling out their arrogance. He's calling out their hypocrisy. And he's saying to his disciples, beware these guys right here. And he's doing this so publicly At the synagogue, I should mention, (laughs) where the Pharisees basically lived, I would guess. And he's doing this to not just call them out, but also to get them to think. So this is funny. Like, Jesus is not being kind here. Not in the way that uh, we like to think of kindness, but he's being loving Because he's not only warning people about arrogance and about uh, hypocrisy, 
but he's also, in a way, warning the Pharisees, getting them embarrassed so that maybe they change a little bit about uh, what they've been doing. I don't think Jesus was doing this just to rant against the Pharisees. I do not believe that. I believe this was also for the Pharisees because Jesus loved everybody and he cared about every person's souls. And that included the Pharisees because he often ministered to the Pharisees. He often ate with them, but he was harsher to the Pharisees because the Pharisees were the leaders first and foremost. And secondly, the lead, the Pharisees understood the scriptures. So Jesus was able to be harsher with them, to teach them the truth through the scriptures they would have understood everything Jesus was talking about with all of this because they were so studied and they were so intelligent, but yet they didn't use that intelligence to help other people. They only used it for their own gain. So this teaches us a lot, this little passage. It teaches us that the Messiah is in fact God. This teaches us that Jesus claimed himself to be God, but this also teaches us to beware because we are followers of Jesus And because Jesus told his disciples to beware, we also need to beware. Beware of those who are arrogant, yet claim that they are so holy. But not just beware of them, like don't be around those people. Also, don't be one yourself. We need to be more like Jesus, who was humble, was not always kind, but always did things in a way to get people to think about their actions. And so since we imitate Jesus, we also have to imitate that as well. And not be too passive and not be too accommodating or uh, tolerant of those who are sinning either. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If it convicted you or you think somebody else needs to hear this, then share it. Tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Another great way that you can do that is just by uh, rating and reviewing the podcast. As crazy as this sounds, that actually helps the podcast get found by more people. So go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to if you have a rating system on that platform and just rate it and review the podcast so that other people can find it on that platform also. And friends, those are two great ways that you can support the podcast and help it to grow. But I'll see you guys bright and early for an episode tomorrow out of numbers. Until then, happy listening and God bless. Oh,